Alice in Movie podcast for normal people. <laughs> and you're, of course, here with your old pals, Kayla, that's me, and Kali J. Yellow, mate. <laughs> Kali's been practicing his British accent today, so... Oh, I've been practicing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Kali, historically a pro at all accents. Should be fun. <laughs> any any accent. I can do it perfectly. Um, we also have a guest with us, but actually before I bring our guest in, I just want to have one tiny announcement. When this comes out, it will be Trans Visibility Week. And oh, hell yeah. I am trans non-binary. Uh, and here I am being visible. Okay, round of applause from the Sismen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You really are a hero for being visible. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so with that <Yep>. being said, <laughs> I will introduce our guest today. I've known for many years. He runs New Noise Entertainment, which is a sort of label, sort of promo kind company. Of. <laughs> um, he's put out several of my songs through that. Uh, he also is in a band called Shipwreck Carpathos. That will be my pal, David Chessing. Hello. I like, hey, I like that. I like Shipwreck Carpathos. I'd never listened to him uh, or you, I guess, until uh, Kayla told me about it. And I was like, that's a that's a badass band name. <laughs> uh, and so I listened to Bring Down the Sky. And I tell you what, I like you. Thanks, man. We're uh, Very good. Very good album. We're working on chapter two right now. Hell yeah. David's band is a story. Tell us about your band. Oh, Jesus. That's a long story Tell us that'll, a little that'll bit. take the whole can episode you, can Give you just tell notes. me what carpathos is so we had a really hard time coming up with a band name and uh there, so there's village green records in muncie indiana which is where the band started and uh travis harvey the guy that runs it had this book of photography by steve mccurry laying out one day um, he does a bunch of stuff for national geographic so like the afghan mm-hmm. girl like that's the one that like everyone knows um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he had this picture. It's the shipbreaking yard in India, and it's just this guy standing on a beach in front of these giant boats that what they do, they basically they beach these giant vessels, and then these small teams of people go in and just rip them down into, like, pieces small enough that you can just kind of carry away. Okay. And then one of the boats in the picture was named Carpathos. Oh. Which I actually found out, it's technically pronounced Carpathos, so I've been saying Ooh. my own band name wrong for It's like, your band name, you can say yeah, it Yeah, no, I mean, I just own it, yeah. like, I refuse to, like, it's one of those, like, no, I'm not wrong. No, I I'm once knew wrong. a girl named Sasha, or her name was Sasha, but it was spelled like Sasha, looked like Sasha by all accounts, and uh, pronounced Sasha. So I think if you name your band Carpathos, oh, yeah. no, and it's I, I refuse to, be to, yeah, like, I, I correct people even when they, even when, the, when they do it right, they're the ones that are right. <laughs> it's your yeah. name. Once yeah. it's a name, so. it's your own thing. Yeah. So that was kind of like synonymous with like the way that our, our writing works where As we a basically, shipwreck? yeah, pretty much. <laughs> exactly. It's just a fucking mess. 
Uh, no. <laughs> so basically, like, kind of the process for us is is we like we write and we get it to a certain point and then we kind of completely dismantle it, start over again, and that's for a while. It's not so much how we work anymore, but um, for the first few years, that was the process of just like building and destroying it and rebuilding it until we get a finished product. And uh, yeah, so that's hell yeah where the name comes from. Hell yeah! All right, baller. <laughs> <laughs> Um, David picked our movie today, which yes, is the 2018 thriller Mandy. I have a feeling you and I are about to fight about it. We are? Yes. We'll see. <laughs> thank you. Off at the start, thank you, David, for choosing this movie. You're this welcome. is, I've been calling this my favorite movie for a couple of years now. Yeah. It's because um, it's fucking great. Mm-hmm. I have such a fun time with it. So this is like, we very rarely have all watched the movie before picking it for the pod. And so we have all watched this movie before picking it for the pod. So let's talk about our first experiences watching this movie. Like, not our now experience, but when did y'all see it in theaters? I saw it in theaters the day that it came out. I was so amped up for this movie for a really, really long time. And uh, there was a real tiny theater around the corner from where I was living at the time. And I, like, rushed out to see it. Mm -hmm. Any Anything... You one of those Nicolas Cage guys? No, I'm not. Here's the thing. Nick Cage isn't a very good actor unless he's playing a maniac. Unless he's Agreed. playing like he's he's great if he's playing someone that's gone completely off the rails and this was yeah. basically just that just like turned to a million. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I was going to love it and uh yeah, I like sprinted out the door the mm-hmm. day that it came out to go see it. Sure. Kali, what's your story? I came to it late. I came to it because Patton Oswalt <laughs> called it his favorite film of 2018. Mm-hmm. And I he was on he was on a podcast and like I remember Patton it was November. Patton Oswalt's male icon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, you know, he's up there some days. Uh, but yeah, he recommended it and I was just like I've never heard of this director, this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't I have no idea, but you know, like Patton Oswalt has like written a fucking book on film, so Okay. And I'll take his word for it. And I just checked it out on a whim. And I like, I watched it alone at home at home uh, when Lindsay was gone somewhere. And I was just like, were you scared? The, it, no, it was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to watch it again. Which is such a rare, <laughs> as an adult, finding a movie that you want to watch again in the same day is so fucking rare. Yeah. Uh, Fucking the only other movie I can think of from the past like ten years I've wanted to watch again the same day is Killing of a Sacred Deer. Mm, uh, go yeah. listen to that episode. Yeah, but this movie just like it ticks every box for me. That sure. first time I saw it, I was like, uh, "I'm watching it again," and then I'm gonna show it to everyone I know because I fucking love it. Hell yeah! This is like theoretically like on paper our jam. Like this is the type of shit that we love. <laughs> David uh, is yeah. already gonna fight me. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming because we've already talked fist. about it a little bit. And- <laughs> I'm disappointed in you, but it's no, okay. No, no, it's going to be fine. So I'm curious to hear, I, I like hearing critiques levied at it. I do. Well, I don't necessarily have critiques. The thing is, I was telling David, which is why he has Arthur hands right now, that, um, <laughs> <laughs> that um, when I first saw this movie, um, I saw it at the Music Box Theater in Chicago, my fave theater. Uh-huh. And I went to see it because, like, literally everyone on earth that I'm friends with was like Mandy best film in the world best film of all time have to see epic film uh hashtag epic whatever um and I do love Nick Cage I generally go see 
things that Nick Cage is in if they're out. But I do also have a brain disease where when people tell me things are good, I hate them. Um, I get I, it. Yep. <laughs> I'm always like let down if people overhype something. Uh, and that's Ugh. that's my own brain disease. I no. get it because it can be perfectly good stuff. Um, and just I spoiler alert on rewatch, I did love the movie, but just mm-hmm. that first time, I was like, I fell asleep in the theater. I sure. was annoyed. I was like, this is not that good. I don't know why everybody's like Takes freaking a out. Yeah, yeah. So I have to get a few months of um, clearing the air, or in this case, a few years, and. Um, <sighs> then I can go back and have like a normal reaction to a movie. But literally anytime something's been overhyped to me, I always am unimpressed. So I feel I have the same brain feeling. disease. <laughs> had, yeah. Had this, had I been like hyper present on film Twitter at this, when this came out, I think I would have resented it a little mm-hmm. for being too popular. Mm-hmm. But because I had such a, no one I knew really talk. I'd heard, you know, I'd seen it like once or twice, like tweeted about, but I just kind of passed by it. Cause it's, an innocuous film title. Mm-hmm. It took, you know, Pat Oswalt's recommendation for me to <laughs> give a shit. And, you know, I just went in dr- fairly dry. <laughs> the thing that sold it for me was the first time I saw the trailer. And at the very end of the trailer, they show the chainsaw fight. <laughs> yeah. Hot damn. <laughs> that, Hot that, was just, that was like the moment for me where it's like, yes! <laughs> yeah. I need and it. we'll get to the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's go through the whole cast and everything real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is, first of all, produced by Elijah Wood. That's cool. We love Elijah. We love him. And we've already said Nick Cage is in this. Our first Nick Cage movie for the pod, I believe. What? Which is yeah. kind of cool. For real? Yeah. Radical. Um, he, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know Nick Cage. We No further explanation needed on no. that one. Um, we have Andrea Riseborough from The Grudge and Birdman. We have Linus Roach. I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's what it looks like. He yep. was in Batman Begins and Chronicles of Riddick. Your favorite movie. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With old Vinny D. Um, we have Vinny D. Ned Dennehy from Guns Akimbo, which we just did on the pod not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, TBT, check it out. And we have Richard Brake. Cool name, Dick Brake. Okay, love it. Um, <laughs> it was in the Doom movie. That me and David were just talking about uh, off pod. Um, He's also in Kingsman. He's in Thor Dark World. And he's in Batman Begins as well. Bill Duke, who was in X-Men Last Stand. He's also in Sister Act 2 Back in the Habits. Hell yeah, baby. (laughs) He's in Predator. His best role is in Predator. (laughs) Okay, yeah, okay. He's in Predator 2. He rocks in Predator. (laughs) Yeah. Most of these people are people who have been acting for a long time. They have big old... Yeah. I want to say discography. That's wrong. Filmographies. (laughs) Just go with discography. They got big old discographies. What's wild is like... I, I know all of these movies, but with the exception of Nick Cage, and I'm really bad with names, but the main bad guy, I didn't recognize anybody in this movie. Really? A lot of them, aside from Nick Cage, who's in everything, uh-huh. every other character after Andrea Riesboro, they're character roles for movies for dozens yeah. of years. Yeah. And um, some of them are not American as well, so they've been in like a lot of oh, things, okay. like a lot of British TV gotcha. and stuff like that, so... Um, there yeah. is that. And then I had one last credit, which was Alexis Jewelmont, who's in Raw, which has been on my list forever, and Colin will, oh. let, will let us watch. <laughs> why, won't I, uh, why won't I? I, <laughs> I forget. Know. I just asked you to, and you said no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, all right, so that's all the cast that I have. Yeah. So, Kali, tell us the critic scores. Coming out of the gate with Rotten Tomatoes, we got 91%. Woo! On fire. Sort of, sortified fresh. Sortified. Uh, with Metacricket, we got an 81. Mm-hmm. Classic Metacricket. That is fresh. And, and then, then... Wild card. Wild card? 75. Bad. Shame on the Google users for this week. 75, that's good enough. I guess for a population of normals. Okay, (laughs) 75, sure. I guess. Yeah. Although they gave Alita Battle Angel like a 99%. (laughs) What? Google user reviews are insane. They're always unhinged. You never know what to expect with a Google user review. That's, yeah. So let's check out the old trailer and then we will get going. Uh, I'm, FYI, I will be hooting and hollering over here at the trailer. Under the crimson, primordial sky, the wretched warlock reached into the dark embrace. His fist closed around the serpent's eye. Strange and eternal. Keep my hoots and hollers in. Where do we start with this one? Well, you start at the Shadow Mountains in 1983. (laughs) Yeah, we do. The opening screen for this movie Mm -hmm. um, has a little quote. When I die, bury me deep, lay two speakers at my feet, put some headphones on my head, and rock and roll me when I'm dead. So you go in knowing if you're a rocker, this one's going to be for you. And that is a quote from a convicted criminal, Douglas Roberts, convicted <laughs> cool. of kidnapping, robbery, and murder, and executed by lethal injection in 2005. <laughs> Some of those crimes are cool. Yeah. <laughs> we love crimes. We love <laughs> we crime have positive podcasts. <laughs> First, we have to address like the atmosphere of this movie, the look, the Ooh. feel, right? Yes. So my favorite thing, I don't typically like 
revenge movies that much okay. most of the time. Because okay. I, I think... Did you call me a wiener? <laughs> yeah, revenge is awesome. No, it is. But I, I feel like most revenge horror movies rely way too much on like violence... Usually against, like, women, not mm-hmm. all the time, oh, okay. but, like, sure, sure. In, in ways that's, like, way too realistic and unnecessary. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. To where it's like, this is this just feels like I'm watching someone get killed. It's not great. This does the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Every time, like, it starts to get real, it throws something just so fucking off the wall mm-hmm. to take you out of it, like fucking Cheddar Goblin. Yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, is a real thing now. Or, like, yes. before he gets into whatever, like, the goo is, but, like, when he takes, like, a hit of, co- like, a, like, a bump of coke at one point mm-hmm. and just, like snaps mm-hmm. and then like the tiger in that scene yeah like throughout the whole movie every time it starts to get a little bit too heavy they just throw you some weird fucking curveball to like mm-hmm. take you out of the moment yeah which to me like it adds like just enough levity that like even though what you're watching is fucking horrible it's like oh this is fun though it's great yeah, yeah. yeah. it is yeah a fun every fight scene is like a you're hooting and hollering you're having a blast you're like yeah you're not scared for anyone's life really everyone uh, who dies also sucks ass oh besides well, the initial except, well, except the, one the char- titular character you know besides the titular character. <laughs> she was pretty innocent she was pretty yes. okay just like the way this movie i think is a movie that you really got a set of vibe for mm. you know it's a big vibe you yeah. gotta like turn off the lights like make a scenario you know what i mean <laughs> Curl up. You gotta look at this thing. Yeah. It's a lot. It is a, like, sensory overload. Yes. From the start. Because it just shows you, like... I can't remember if it's, like, right at the start that they show you, like, psychedelic imagery, but it's mm-hmm. very fucking soon. It's, yeah, yeah. If not uh, right up top, it is very soon, yeah. Either way, like, the colors and everything are always, whether or not they're being, like, having a psychedelic moment, the colors of this movie and, mm-hmm. like, the usage of, like, lights and things, it's aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> totally. It's and very I, artistic. They go all in on it so it doesn't feel contrite or jokey. It feels over the top in a very, like, I'm glad you brought up, like, rocking at the start. Because mm-hmm. it's very much like metal. Yeah. Yeah. Because metal, when they sing about, like, rising demons and then killing them, n- 90% of the bands don't believe that, but you buy in and you're like, yeah. this is so much fun. Hell yeah. Rise demons. <laughs> and it is, like, very artistic in a way that doesn't feel pretentious to me. Yeah. Totally. That's the thing, too. Like, He's a when real you can artist. make something that's, like, just so fucking absurd. Mm-hmm but absolutely gorgeous. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah. there's not a wasted moment in the entire movie. Even, like I said, fucking Cheddar Goblin. Yeah. Like, I'm totally. Gonna, I'm going to probably talk about Cheddar Goblin a lot. Okay. Cheddar <laughs> Goblin's a lot. It's just the way that, I don't know who the director was, I don't know their name, but like... Kali, say the name. Panos Cosmatos. Yeah, that person. Just the fact that they were able to like create something that's just so fucking absurd and over the top yeah. that you can still like kind of take seriously though. And beautiful. And it's just it's like... It's a piece of art. Yeah. I, stunning from like yeah. beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a note written down that just says the first 20 minutes is all mood. It is. That's it. It's no, just, absolutely. It's like, yeah. Mm. Character setting, it's mm-hmm. character establishment, and mood. Which is not something I was expecting at all going into it. I was expecting sure, just, yeah. this is just going to be balls to the walls, just fucking like nonsense throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Totally. And it's actually pretty slow for like the first hour. In a good way. Like, yeah, in a, a good way. way. But, like, yeah. It's like, it takes its time to like build mm-hmm. to the just fucking insanity that it turns into nick cage talked about his experience like shooting this movie that the director had such a clear vision always knew exactly what he wanted and how to direct people that the atmosphere on set was very chill because you always felt like taken care of and like there was a clear vision 
he kind of talked about it as being what he calls like a Super 8 feeling, which is like when you're a kid and you're in your yard with a Super 8 camera just shooting <sighs> shit because you love it and want to shoot shit. <laughs> yeah. And less awesome. like you're not thinking about ticket prices. You're not thinking about box office sales or like whatever. You're just doing it because you love the craft and you have an artistic vision. So he talked a lot about that on his experience doing this movie. And I think that you feel that too. Like you feel that the director had a very clear Mm -hmm. vision for this. Yeah, David, I think you mentioned it feeling like everything was intentional. Yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like it is. And it's not show-offy like when we watched Braid. No, it's not. Braid had like over the top colors and like camera angles and things. And it did also have like a lot of trippy visuals, but it was so much. And for no, there seemed like no purpose to it. And it Mm -hmm. was just Just like a lot off the wall for the sake of being off the wall. And this didn't feel like that at all. No, I, I just think even down to something that weirdly sticks in my mind with this movie, which are Nick Cage's shirts, (laughs) (laughs) those fucking rock his t- the, the tiger t-shirt for the bathroom scene and the 44 mm-hmm. for the the violenter part of the movie uh and then just violenter. like the kind of the plain nondescript clothes at the beginning it draws you in it's something that you Nick notice Cage, zaddy in this movie what you say? he's looking good <laughs> <The> zaddy <laughs> oh my god they both are the the way mandy looks too is such a choice i mean with her hair like down to her freaking knees practically the scar and like no eyebrows she's haunting also when did nick cage get huge like he looks like the strongest human being on earth like he looks like he could pick up my car he for the three months leading up to him shooting this movie was in a wheelchair because of an injury really and mentioned that the training for this movie to try and do those like fight scenes Mm. and all the things that he did really helped strengthen him again after that experience after being in a wheelchair for so long he was like i didn't have to use the cane that long it really got me up on my feet so hell yeah he wasn't getting buff (laughs) 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 i think nick cage in this movie it's so different from how we normally see him i think i think we got such an authentic version of nick cage Mm -hmm. in this movie and he's talked about the stuff that was going on in his life like his dad had just died his third marriage was ending he was getting divorced and he mentioned that the ending of it was very surprising to him and like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So it was very kind of like traumatic to him and being in the wheelchair for three months. So he was like at a pretty primed. Yeah, he was pretty like at a pretty vulnerable place. And I think like when someone has so much terrible stuff going on at once, like you do get to a place where you can't like you can't front anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. He just, he just, he just are, wasn't even acting. It was you just, just are like, that this raw is, person. Yeah. yeah. You're inside out boy. I, I, it's so cool to know that context. Yeah. He is just like convincing is, is not enough. Like you just fully believe. He had Chloe Sevigny disease. He did. Yeah. <laughs> you are just like, this is the person. She's like so authentic yeah. all the time. And you know, Nick Cage, he does like five movies a year. <laughs> like yeah. he has most certainly phoned it in on, on probably several dozen movies. <laughs> I support it. You know, man's got to make money. You know, yeah. he's out there hustling and we got respect yeah. for the game. You, If you're going to be in a movie about the USS Indianapolis, <laughs> you can phone it in, man. You don't need to try for that one, okay? He's done enough iconic stuff that we <clears throat> forgive him. Um, and he's now a cult icon forever. So that's fine. But uh, he was not phoning it in on this movie. And I think this is one of my favorite performances from him, TBH. The, I can't think of a better one. Maybe Con Air. Oh, Jesus Christ. Should we establish characters? 
I mean, we open with just Nick Cage and his girlfriend, partner, whatever, Mandy. Red and Mandy, yep. Um, yeah, do they ever establish if they're married or not? Or if they're just They don't, together? but it's clear that, no. like, they're very in love. Yeah, they live together yeah. in, like, the fucking woods. He's a logger. She's, like, an artist. Um, and they're so cute. <laughs> they're, they are relationship goals. I don't say that <laughs> I did write often. down the first lines from the movie, which I thought were hilarious. The first lines okay. is Nick Cage walking into the room to Mandy, yeah. who's doing artwork, and he tells a knock-knock joke. Do you remember oh, this knock-knock joke? I do. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Eric Estrada. <laughs> Eric Estrada who? Eric Estrada from Chips. <laughs> Incredible. One of the best line reads ever. <laughs> Kali, I gotta say, I think that was your best accent you've ever done. I put passion into a Nick Cage Did you practice accent. that one? No, but I that... Line read is so funny to me it is that funny. I I like walk around saying it. The joke's funny because it's <laughs> not funny. Is, no, it's <laughs> what like is that a, joke? <laughs> it's like a later line read that I'll I'll bring up when we mention it. There are lines from this movie that I'll just say to yeah. myself throughout the day. Sure, that was beautiful. Um, longtime vomit heads will know Kali has done many an accent over the course of the podcast. You ever heard me Irish one? <laughs> And they are typically very bad, but very funny. But that was very good. So, um, Thank you. That was great. <laughs> are you going to be Nick Cage for the rest of the podcast? Yeah, I'm going to be Nick Cage for the rest of the pod. <laughs> Incredible. Um, so their house, their bedroom. Is, I need it. I want it in my life. I yes. can't decide. So here's the thing. Very cool in theory. Yes. Um, my nightmare, I think. Why well, in practice? Here's the thing. I feel like it would be a nightmare if you lived like in a populated area. But if you're just yes. like out in the woods in the middle of nowhere and an entire room is just made of windows, like that's a fun. These just days, the first of all, you never know when there's a creep in the woods. First of all, second of all, drones. Somebody is always Look, watching you. Satellites. This was the. I don't this know. was eighty three. Too scary for me. I also. I don't know if this has been mentioned. Probably not on the pod. I don't even know if I've said this out loud to either of y'all. But I okay. have a strange phobia of being spied on through the windows. Okay. That so there's that. honestly feels kind of like a valid fear. <laughs> I, see, I have like the opposite of that where like I, I just don't care. You walk care. by the windows in the like, nude. <laughs> if someone wants to look, whatever. I mean, that's, you know. I will say I love to be naked. Mm-hmm. And I uh, and I have a big window in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I don't like it. Because I don't want people to see uh, my up. little Peter. <laughs> Put a black bar exactly the height of where you're <laughs> painted onto the window. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is that's the solution here. Do a Austin Powers. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, that's good. Yeah, they should just do that. If Kayla, if what? they did an Austin Powers with this uh, room from Mandy, mm-hmm. then would you be okay with it? If there was always a black bar covering. <laughs> Your privates? No, I don't want to be watched even clothed or anything. <laughs> you want to be the black bar. I'll tell you, I have really thick wooden blinds on all my windows and curtains that are always shut all the time because I'm, I don't know, I have paranoia. One of my I windows also has a flag over the blinds and curtains. So. <laughs> wow. No one's getting in there. No one is going to get a peep out of me. 
<laughs> but yeah, it's a perfect house and they have a perfect life. I mean, the aesthetic is certainly a vibe. Mm-hmm. That's a sentence that just came out of my head. <laughs> like, I don't want to live in the woods, but their life makes me want to live in the woods. See, I do want to live in the woods. Woods are scary. No. There's critters. They're bugs. Great. The spiders, come on. I mean, I don't like spiders, yeah. but if I got a house, I can keep them out. Yeah, that's what they want you to think. Famously, bugs cannot get in houses. <laughs> don't you know this? I spent summers growing up on farms in the middle of the woods, and historically, spiders everywhere. No, no. Ticks. Nope. All the things. Nope, they're not allowed. It's just like a vampire. You just can't. You just don't invite them in. If yeah, only. Exactly. <laughs> My dream is to have an airtight fucking house that a spider could never dream of coming into. But However, then, but then wouldn't not gonna you, happen. Like eventually suffocate. It would have its own like generating system, like high life. You've never seen. Not yet. It's on the yeah. list. Has its own system. Oh my god. Anyway. <laughs> there were bugs in high life. They go camping also in the woods in in the beginning. Yeah. Their relationship is very sweet. I love it. Nick Cage is very sweet. He's romantic. Yeah. They're total love bugs. Yeah, they're great. She does acid. Her eyeballs, her pupils go all crazy. She skinny dips. And then she finds a dead lamb. Foreshadowing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, this camping scene is, it ticks box number one of the four things that is perfect movie for me. And I'll get to all, all three of them, the rest of the three of them later, but number, number one. one, pure and good romantic love. <laughs> I love love. Kali loves I say? love. I usually hate love, but this is fine. They never fuck, so I think it's fine. Well, it's also like, it's not like, it's part of the character development, but it's not really part of the story like like we said like the first 20 minutes is more vibe and yeah less story. like yeah. Mm-hmm. there's not like this big backstory about like their relationship and blah 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 like, no, you just, can just tell they're in love and that's all you need to good. know yeah. Yeah. yeah that's all that matters yeah um so when she's walking around the camping trip um mm-hmm. the van drives by and then we switch to the van perspective. Mm. So the van is full of the children of the new dawn cult. Also, I love the insertion of like the title screens or like chapter yeah. screens oh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Gorgeous. Very cool. So my first note about the cult is that they have off-brand Debbie Harry. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like the first thing we see about them is like her asking the cult leader, like, did I do something wrong? And he says, everything you do is wrong because he's a piece of shit. Yeah. He decides he needs the girl that they saw and the girl being Mandy. He's got to have her. We hit box number two already for me. <laughs> yes. What is that? I love when a movie critiques masculinity in an interesting way. Yes. Okay. I'm going to have more notes on that when he gives the speech. Yes. Okay. So we'll talk about, put a pin on that one. But this character, Jeremiah, yeah, it, but very yes. interesting perfect for analysis absolutely so he gives one of his minions an ocarina that calls guar that <laughs> calls guar shut the fuck up <laughs> I hate the fact that that's that's actually like a perfect explanation it's of what really happens. good <laughs> like, I I had written down that they were like the Cenobites from Hellraiser sort of but a yeah, little more guar but like but they're, yeah they're guar it's like the Cenobites and guar and all of the characters from Road Warrior like just got right. together. Yeah. <laughs> if you've ever... Guar on ATVs is what I wrote This down. is a very <laughs> specific reference, but if you've seen the movie Hobo with a Shotgun... Yes. Do you remember the plague? The two, like, motorcycle murderers? Yeah. Uh-huh. That is actually what they reminded me of. Yeah. So the scene where they abduct... Mandy. When they go in the house, they're mm-hmm. using strobe lights like a haunted house. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're only getting flashes of what's happening. They straight up knock the dude out and take Mandy away, basically. Blood for blood. <laughs> yeah. A little chubby kid gets taken by Guar. <laughs> 
And we'll talk about where Guar came from later <laughs> that comes up. So when we get to the cult house, it's entirely windows. So it's like ultra my nightmare. And they have her tied up and do the eye drops and bug the wasp thing. Yeah. And that's one of those yeah. parts that I was talking about where like it takes you out because it's like, okay, she gets kidnapped by bikers for this uh-huh. cult. And then what's happening with this fucking wasp? And they never really explain it. They never do. Yeah. No. I assume I mean, you the can put eye drops. together what's happening. I assume the eye drops were like an acid thing. Something like, like that, yeah. Some kind it's, of it is psychedelic LSD, drugs. Yeah. yeah. But the bug is like creature from space. Like, we don't know what this bug is. Yeah, it's a it's wasp, huge. but it's like a wasp the size of my fist. Yeah. Wikipedia actually labels it a tarantula hawk. And huh. I clicked on it and I read what it's written. And it's like the bug that has the second most painful sting in the world. His stinger was like fucking. A knife? A weenie. Yeah. Like, it was huge. It, yeah. So, <laughs> Like, I, I read that this bug on its own Wikipedia page, it has its own fucking section for its its sting and how painful it is. It is supposed to just, like... And this is a real bug? It's a real bug, and some of the testimonies were just, like, its sting is so bad that you can't even feel pain because you're screaming so loud. Jesus. Where, where is this bug native to? Uh, where the fuck you think it is? Chicago. South America? Yeah. No, Australia, dinguses. Oh. <laughs> The South America has the rainforest. There's lots of scary bugs in there. Yeah, I feel like Australia has the stereotype of like, yeah. oh, we've got bugs the and stereotype. How big is he in real life? I don't know. Okay. I, th- I think the movie was accurate enough. Well, that bug is scary. And I ain't never <laughs> yes. seen shit like that, but I ain't Australian. So <laughs> for our Australian listeners, <laughs> yeah. you know the man. Watch out. <laughs> Colin, do an Australian accent. Go. Well, I'm Australian, mate. <laughs> Wait, no. It goes... <laughs> He's done it New goes, Zealand before. Who's know. Australian? Who's an Australian person? Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. No. The Barbie. <laughs> Steve Irwin. Flight of the Concords. They're New Zealand, right? <laughs> New Zealand. Yeah, but that's the same thing. Am I right? Am yeah. I right, folks? <laughs> uh, Australian and New Zealand listeners don't cancel us. <laughs> <laughs> So after she starts tripping balls on acid or whatever the fuck they gave her, this is where we get the living room thing with her tied up and the cult leader making a speech at her and everyone else chilling and watching. Mm-hmm. The scene was wild. It's very long. It, that's the thing is I don't think it is that long. It feels... It's a one take. What about the face? They do some face melting, but it is like his speech was done in one shot, unblinking oh, shot. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And his speech is quite long yeah. for being an unblinking moment. Yeah. Yeah. So he really went there for this one. Yeah. She's not having his shit, basically. Mm-hmm. He's like, look at me. What do you see? And like thinking he's a golden god. And she says she sees the reaper fast approaching. What a beautiful line. She um, rocks. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's a long scene of their faces melting together and him giving this speech about how he's god, basically. He is owed everything and he will take what is rightfully his. He says he, referring to god, gave me his deepest and warmest permission to go out into this world and take what is so very much mine, all of it mine, my wants, my needs, my pleasures. That's the line. Or that's a line. (laughs) (laughs) The director has said that he wrote this whole movie as a commentary on the absurdity and delusions of the male ego, which you mentioned earlier, Kali. And how it will go to any lengths to get what it wants. And this character basically is the embodiment mm-hmm. of that. <laughs> and this Absolutely. So do you have anything else to say on that? Yeah. No, absolutely. If you identify as a man 
or a male, uh, you have to grapple with masculinity, which is a very weird fucking beast. A demon, some would say. A demon. <laughs> and it's because it, and especially if you, if you identify as a male, because there are aspects of it that you consciously and unconsciously partake in, if, if you're aware of it. If you're not even checking your own masculinity, then start but uh <laughs> hell yeah if you ch- if you check yourself if you ask yourself frequently like what does masculinity mean to me you know there are so many aspects that we are told and there are aspects that we are ingratiated to to be dominant and take what is ours and it's just a very fucking messy situation especially when you get down to like what aspects you do would like to embody mm-hmm. as masculine but this character Jeremiah is just the perfect, it's so over the, this movie's over the top in every way, but it's also in the best way. Because his masculinity, you're just like, this is such a shrimp dick little fuck. And that's, <laughs> like, that's the best thing about it, is he is, is he, he acts like this big, like, tough, you know, I'm gonna fucking yeah. get what I want, but he's such, he's so just, like, whiny, mm-hmm. and just, like... He's insecure. Incredibly insecure, and fragile. Absolutely. He thinks he's owed all these things, and when he doesn't get his way, he fucking has just a whole meltdown. Com- a complete meltdown, that's yeah. what I was about to say. Yeah, just like, it's perfect. Yeah. And, and especially, yeah. and we'll get to the end, but like, it comes full circle, like, once you get to that last scene with him, which we'll, we'll get to that. The point of Jeremiah is to show that these men are insecure, and the only reason they see themselves as God is because they make others see them as God. Mm-hmm. So, what I'm saying here is that Jeremiah has no self-esteem, he derives all of his self-esteem and and self-worth from his ability to manipulate others into worshipping him. And I also love the fact, too, that like the whole thing kind of stems from him being a failed musician, because it comes up in that yeah. scene yeah, it does. where they yep. play his music and everybody's just like, cool. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like, Man. have you heard the Carpenters? Because yeah. this is better. Yeah. And, and I think sucks. that was maybe like a tiny nod to like Charles Manson. Yeah, yeah very he much was so. also a failed mm-hmm. musician. But this this scene ends, you know, when it get, comes down to like me and like emotional attachment this is my favorite scene in the movie there's a lot going on here because he he shows mandy his dick mm-hmm. um he shows and... mandy his man d because <laughs> i get it i get it. that's a good joke and just thought like, of that one off the dome <laughs> that's really good that's incredible <laughs> Uh, but he presents himself and he's like, you know, here I am. Uh, take <laughs> what do you me. Think? You want me, right? <laughs> and she just laughs at him. Yeah. And that's <laughs> and like he... kind of an embodiment of that. Well, there was that psychological experiment or whatever, uh, like a survey done. I don't know when. A long time ago. I just, I didn't, I didn't write any of this down or anything. But um, where they surveyed a bunch of women and asked, what's the scariest thing about being in a room full of men? It's like, they might mm-hmm. kill me. And then the reverse question to men, what's the scariest thing about being in a room full of women is they might laugh at me, right? So this is an embodiment of that, um, whatever you call that experiment, I don't know, research. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) it's just male fragility. If you wholesale buy into masculinity, you are so insecure. Your entire identity of self is based on intimidation and coercion. Mm -hmm. And if no one's going to bend the knee to you, uh, what the fuck are you going to do? You're nothing. (laughs) Like you're a pe- like you're a piece of shit. Sure, you are Jeremiah, a little shrimp dick motherfucker. <laughs> Tell him. <'em. laughs> 
No, I love this character. She asks if he wrote the song that's playing, and he says yes, and then she does huge laughs, <laughs> and he starts to get really upset. And the song that's playing here is called Amulet of the Weeping Maze, and if you go to mandysoundtrack.bandcamp.com, you can not only find this song, but there's also a 17-minute track with him telling off his backstory oh, and telling about like awesome. how he got to where he is and like his family growing up and stuff like that, and it's pretty cool. So I do recommend checking that out. Hell yeah. Also, should say, the man who did the music for this movie, we never, we haven't mentioned the music yet. Mm-mm. Um, the music is incredible, first yeah. of all. <laughs> it's, it very much contributes to the vibe. Composer Johan Johansson <laughs> um, very cool. did all the music for this movie, and he died a month after submitting the music to this movie in february of 2018 r.i.p king of an overdose of cocaine and flu medication r.i.p king poor little fellow bless his heart he did a great job on this movie he is also like kind of a notorious composer he's done a lot of things the director said that when he approached this man to do the music for this movie he was kind of like this man's like out of our league but here's a shot you know yeah it turned out that he was really into like swedish metal growing up so (laughs) he ended up being like super into it shoot your shot season is always open yeah we're so about shooting your shot on this pod it's out Mm -hmm. of control not men towards women but any other shot (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that was a big one so then the fucking cult leader has like a huge nervous breakdown essentially (laughs) yeah he's crying he's saying don't look at me don't look at me it's and it's incredible he's just shown bare for what he is Mm -hmm. literally bare yeah (laughs) the man's nude Yeah, and it's not that good of a dick. (laughs) (laughs) So he's totally snapped, and they have Nick Cage tied up outside and tatted. I think this is the first time we see his tattoos. I don't know. (laughs) And tied up. It is. And not just tied up, but tied up with barbed wire. On his mouth. Yeah. And it looks insane. Fuck. Does not look comfortable. I will no, say. No, it's fucked. And they stab him. It's with like a, a fucking knife that Jeremiah makes a big fucking deal about. And it's just another notch of like, who gives a shit about you, man? I forget what he actually says, but it's like, this is the sword of Gordon from the <laughs> land of Bobetua yeah. or something. Whatever he says. <laughs> and we're it's just like, just uh, okay, so... dude, we don't know who Gordon is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's so jerk-off motion. Yeah. (laughs) And then, boy, do they bring out Mandy in a damn bag and light her on fire. And that's kind of the thing that I was going back to is like the the murder that's like the catalyst for the whole thing. First off, we're not even getting to it until like 30 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Like, so it's like a slow burn. And they do it in a way where it's like, it's intense Mm -hmm. and it's real enough to like push the movie forward, but it's it doesn't feel like gratuitous. Like what happens is terrible, yeah. but you don't really actually see anything happen. You see a bag burn, you see it kind of thrash, but like mm-hmm. you're not seeing someone actually horribly being killed, mm-hmm. which I It doesn't feel traumatizing exactly. to the viewer. Yeah. yeah. Totally, totally. Uh, I mean, it is like It is, sad. it's heavy. You're having, it's, it's, it's really heavy, intense. Yeah. And like seeing him like tied up and have to like watch it, but I, I, I it was done in a way that just, it didn't feel gratuitous. It felt tasteful. Maybe because like- still like heavy. The world itself has like a bit of a, I don't know, sci-fi or something mm-hmm. kind of vibe, like an unreal world. Yeah. We're in a different world. That's what it feels like. So like this yeah. world isn't real. So the things that happen here aren't exactly real either. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how they can get away with doing really fucked up shit and not having you be traumatized yeah. by it, I think. It adds yeah. to it. Yeah. Which is cool. Love. And they say a bunch of terrible shit while the chick's burning mm-hmm. too. <laughs> they, oh, I mean, they really like set this movie up for revenge. 
Because yeah. if they had just, like, silently killed her, it's like, yeah, but they, like, disparage her and call her a whore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, like, sowing those seeds. And they make him watch while they light her on fire and she burns to death and he's helpless to stop it. Yeah. 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 Also, though... One thing I will say, can we talk about how that when he wakes up the next day, how easily he removes himself from his bed? He just kind of goes, about that. Yeah. all right, we're done. I'm just going to take this off and <laughs> walk over yeah. like like it's he nothing. Did, he just had to shimmy. Yeah, he did a little shimmy, but yeah, why couldn't he have done that in the moment? I don't know. His wrists were uh, swollen, mm-hmm. and now they're not. All right. <laughs> There's no great excuse, I'll take as, that. except that it moves the plot along. <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs> This leads us to... Him being in the underwear? <laughs> well, even more important. A little whitey tighties action? Oh, look, the whitey tighties are very important, but not as important as... The shirt. The toilet. Cheddar Goblin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't remember exactly where it came in. Because there's more than one. It, it makes more than one appearance, doesn't it? This is the full commercial, one. though. Which is perfect. When he comes home, watches this insane commercial of a toy goblin. It's essentially a gremlin. Vomiting. Mac and cheese. <laughs> yes. Just puking it up into a bowl and all the kids excited about it. And then he does another perfect line read. What? Where he just mutters, Cheddar Goblin. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he passes out, right? <laughs> he just mutters, Cheddar Goblin, and then walks away. Yeah. And, it, and he passes out and has a cartoon dream. Yep. The there, animation what? in this movie is so fucking is cool. good. Uh, it's very cool. Really the whole movie, but specifically the animation, is like very reminiscent of heavy metal, both the magazine and yeah. the movie. But uh, no, like I'm a sucker for good animation, which is one of the things that like sucked me into this movie. But like I know there's only like two or three sequences where they really do it. Mm-hmm. I think there's but it's three. Just, yeah. It's fucking phenomenal. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. And it doesn't feel out of place either, no. which is wild. Like it, It's one of the moments I was talking about where like it kind of takes you out of the moment a little bit, but it still very much feels cohesive with everything else going on. Mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. It's it. a cool way to do a dream, for sure. Without a doubt. So then we get a classic cage scene the next day, which is the bathroom scene. Which I thought the first time I saw it was supposed to be funny. Yeah. The, I think yeah. it is a little bit. What? And it's it's weird because like the first time I saw it, I was like laughing my ass off because every pause mm-hmm. and then chug of the vodka or whatever he's drinking and then yeah. scream. Mm-hmm. Like if you have that scene completely out of context, it's the funniest thing that Cage has ever done but then when you you go back and you put it in and you go oh he's actually having a breakdown and then when you factor in what you were talking about about the fact that he was like really going through some shit it's just like god damn is Nick Cage not acting right now is he just actually (laughs) having like a a breakdown on on camera no this is a classic Cage thing like he can't be in a movie without doing one of these yeah Without having, like, one huge, like, screaming, insane breakdown thing. That's his, like, trademark, essentially. Yeah. He's done it in all of the big ones, mm-hmm. you know. At least I have, you know, can't say I've seen all 200 films that he's done, but he is kind of known for this yeah. <laughs> insane man no, shit. No, totally. <laughs> the first time I saw this, I actually teared up because I was empathizing so hard with him. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, holy shit imagine like that trauma that you've been through Mm -hmm. his characterization of like trying to drink the vodka as fast as he can but like spilling and not and having to stop and grab his throat because it fucking burns is so good like in incredible detail relatable Kali (laughs) yeah no I straight up was like (laughs) I'm famously uh, recovering alcoholic so like I remember when I watched this I was like yeah that's probably what I'd do if Lindsay died uh, if Lindsay died, I'd just like go in my bathroom, scream, and like chug as much booze as I could. He's trying to like get as far away from this reality as possible. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very fucking empathetic feeling. And like doesn't know what else to do. Like what do you do in yeah. that scenario? Your house is empty. Your girl's gone. Yeah. He can't even dress himself fully. <laughs> He still looks great. He does look great. I did write Zaddy on this on this scene. <laughs> no, but like I think that fucking shows how goddamn versatile this movie is because this scene is simultaneously hilarious. Like mm-hmm. it, it, out of context, it is hilarious. In context, heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. At least to me, it's incredible. And I felt like kind of dumb, honestly. That, yeah. That like, well, because the first time it was just it was pure laughter. I was mm-hmm. I was in the theater. And I was like cracking up and everyone around me was silent. And I was just like, what the fuck is, what is Nick Cage doing right now? And then the second time I watched it, it hit me. And I was like, oh, God. All of those people thought I was a prick. David can't <laughs> cry in front of people yet. Oh, that's not true. That's not true at all. That's, I cry a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm a big baby. Now that I said that, he's tearing up. Shut up. I am not. Oh, my God. So at this point, he also develops an action plan because he goes to Mm -hmm. his next door neighbor to get a crossbow. He has a neighbor with crossbows. And also like- This is my weapons neighbor. I guess. Yeah, right. (laughs) He seems like such this like quiet, soft, mild-mannered person. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, he just knows like he's like a martial arts expert. The man flips I'm not complaining switch. about it. No, it's great. I love it. It's like, it's, I, I love adrenaline. how fucking hard so he goes much. from here on out for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just like, what were the guar? What were the real names called? What's the real name of the gang? No, I can't fucking remember. No. Oh, oh, Black Skulls. Black Skulls. But I just love the fact yes. that like, if you watch him, everything from like the way that he acts, to the way that he moves, to the way that he's dressed, he slowly becomes them. Yeah. By the end, but just like a slightly he definitely becomes less by the evil end, version. But of we'll them, get to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes to the crossbow neighbor, and the crossbow neighbor knows the legend of the black skull. Right. <laughs> yeah. Is he playing like the wise black man character? Oh, is, it, is this movie doing tropes? I don't know. I kind Maybe, of thought about that. But I feel that. like it's set up because, like, he runs into like. The... Of course, the black man would know the voodoo shit right. going on in the neighborhood. That's you know? it's not yeah. voodoo. That's but, like, racist. It didn't. It didn't feel like well, that's that to what me, it's kind of. I don't know. It I, seemed I get like that, that a little like, bit. Now that you're saying, because he get is that. also the only person of color in the movie. I think. No, that's true. This is true. That's not a good look. He's no. I, now that you're saying that, I, I can kind of get that. That's not how I took it when I watched it the first time, but mm-hmm. also like you know, we're white, straight, straight white, <laughs> yeah, dude, baby, like, out of my radar. So like, I, I, I can see how that can go over my head. But like, he's definitely one of the older people. Mm-hmm. in the movie so I took it as just being this guy like no shit but then also like as you progress further in the movie it's like it's all just kind of known like everybody just like what you didn't fucking know about this like you had to have your fucking crossbow neighbor tell you you know what I mean like <laughs> and I like when movies do this where there's like something like we kind of talked about it last night when we were watching that movie where it's like a world that's already kind of established but just not explained to the audience but yeah. like everybody mm-hmm. there just knows kind of thing I like when they do stuff like that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell so the yeah. legend is that Guar took, <laughs> took a fucked up batch of LSD and never been right since, basically. Mm. They're just we all been up. there. <laughs> I will personally endorse acid as a cool drug to do. Uh, this movie gets acid fairly correct, I'll say. Kali, our acid expert on the pod. <laughs> you're just vibing when you're on it, you know? You're just vibing. Sure. So whatever vibe's going on, you're vibing to it. 
And okay. let me tell you, Nick Cage, Is he's he vibing to violence. <laughs> <laughs> so these men who are so fucked up from their weird LSD love pain a lot. Yeah. And um, this man tells Nick Cage that his odds aren't good if he's trying to fight these guys. Never tell me the odds. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then Nick Cage goes and blacksmiths a crazy ass hatchet axe thing. Dude. Yeah, just has the axe mold. The bummer thing about that is he makes his badass weapon and then you barely see it get used. Yeah, that is true. The weapon was apparently an homage to legendary metal band Celtic Frost. Anyway, the axe is cool. It's Very cool. cool. He is a logger, so maybe he just has like axe making skills. Oh, yeah. It's like a, it's a scythe, but then like the handle is like a backbone. Mm-hmm. And then I'm pretty There's sure... There's like a knife at the bottom. Yeah, and Ooh. then I'm pretty sure that the back end of it, like the edge, the handle, I'm having a hard time picturing it, but I'm 80% sure it's teeth. It was a Ugh. little reminiscent of like Worf's yeah. sword in Star Trek. Star Trek heads out there. All right, Worf. Ooh. <laughs> Kali is not a Star Trek head. They're called Trekkies. <laughs> I call them a Star Trek head. <laughs> I, I've noticed that like that's just your thing for any fan base is just to add a head onto yeah, it. Yeah, that so. is. For me, um, <laughs> got to have a head at the end. I like Star Trek. I like. The top. I'm, I, I, I prefer original series. I want a Spock for Halloween this year. You did? It's pretty cool. I was pretty stoked about it. So he makes the axe. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly hates Star Trek. Um, then we get the Mandy title screen, and this is when the bloodshed starts. Box number three. What's box number three? In- insane violence. Okay. <laughs> this is the first of the revenge murders. Yeah. Box number three, or four. There's my four. That's all four of them. What's Revenge four? is number four. I love revenge. Okay. <laughs> He crossbows a motorcycle guy from like across the way. From like pretty far. Way further than any crossbow would ever shoot. It's supposed to be like a bumped up crossbow. No, I know. It's great though. Weapons expert over here. Here's the thing. I'm not complaining about it. I love it. David loves weapons. I I love when weapons. Looking at his collection of crossbows at the moment. Anytime like you see something like that in a movie that just does something that there's like no reality. So like, okay. This is a double nine. You know me. I'm super into superhero movies. Crossbows. Yeah. Yeah. But in Civil War, so when Spider-Man and Captain America are fighting the first time and he's throwing his shield and Spider-Man's just like, that thing just doesn't follow the laws of physics at all, does it? Yeah. <laughs> like, just, I love shit like that. Just like weapons that just do things that they would never in real life actually do. Sure. I fucking love it. It's yeah. great. It feels like, it feels like watching a video game. Yeah. So he shoots the motorcycle guy and then tries to run him over with his truck. But the motorcycle guy is a member of Guar mm-hmm. and his yep. <laughs> his Guar outfit is like metal spikes and it fucking flips the truck. <laughs> <laughs> Goes about as horribly wrong as it could go. Which is insane and incredible. I loved that. Because you think he's about to kill yeah. this man and then said the fucking truck goes flying. That kicks ass. And he has another cartoon dream after that. And when he wakes up, he's in Guar's home. Yep. <laughs> he has one hand cuffed to a pipe and one hand nailed into the ground. Weirdly, our second movie we've watched where someone wakes up with their hands nailed. <laughs> Guns akimbo. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm tracking. <laughs> Guns akimbo. Daniel Radcliffe gets guns nailed to his hands. Nice. <laughs> Weird theme to carry over, though. Um, yeah. And also, we had the one guy in this movie who's also in Guns Akimbo. Well, okay, spinoff of Guns Akimbo. <laughs> Shared universe. Even though uh, Guns Akimbo came out this year. So I guess that's the spinoff. Anyway, he ends up breaking free and sends the man down the bottomless. That's the thing. Where, where are they? Because they're just in someone's house. Because like he, 
goes downstairs and it's just like there's it's these the rest people. of the house is a normal house the, yeah. the basement is killer's dungeon but is it the basement though because doesn't he go downstairs after no, he, he kills comes the guy? up he gotcha. comes up and it's not even like a serial killer's house they're just in the suburbs and they just killed the old couple that lives there <laughs> it is like a normal suburban house yeah, looking at with shit. just a fucking besides the basement pit. which is like a lab with a pit <laughs> You know, I lived in a house when I was growing up that had the Underground Railroad in it, and that was just like a extremely dark cave that we didn't know where it went to. I mean, it went to another house in the neighborhood, but you just look in, mm-hmm. it's like a black hole looking thing in the wall. <laughs> so this kind of reminded me of that. It was also in my basement. I lived in an apartment that had a giant vent. That, that was in Fountain Square, by the that way. That I would use to just sweep dirt into because I didn't have a dust <laughs> I was like 19 and just like trying to figure out how to be an adult for the so like it was kind of the same thing I had a pit that was just full of trash <laughs> and by pit you mean vent well normal so vent the vent no the vent was like the size of this table it was like it was, it was an, an old, intake old house. vent yeah so it was like this big massive thing but like it didn't do anything there wasn't heat or anything that came out of it it was just like purely aesthetic at this point mm. and like I said it was like because fir- it was so full of trash it was my first time living no on my own possibly. I did own a dustpan like Trying to figure out how to be an adult. You know, we're just sweeping this. Classic in my men. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I sucked at being a human when oh I was my like, God. in my early 20s. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's pretty sick when the guy goes down the pit, though. Yeah. Totally. After that, it's just like Nick Cage going through the house, exploring different rooms and finding different people, basically. <laughs> he finds a man in the living room who, this man was so sick. I love this guy. This is the guy yeah. with the, the knife codpiece, right? Yes. He's wearing yep. a codpiece that's just a big, giant, curved blade. Yes, which was <laughs> insane. Very cool, normal thing to do. He's also snorting like a mountain of cocaine. <laughs> like totally Montana-sized, yeah. No, there's no lines involved. He's snorting the mountain and he's watching porn and just chilling with his knife dick boner thing (laughs) um this is the first like ultra violent death i think Mm. that's like really sick and badass like the other ones were cool but they weren't like gory and everything like how this one is this is the first crazy one the man is like basically on top of nick cage yeah about the boink yeah He's mounted Nick Cage, who then slits his throat, and the blood just Ugh. volcanoes all Ugh. over Nick Cage's face. The cum shot, if you will. <laughs> it, blood. It is, I'm glad you brought up Guar because it is consistent with like how much blood Guar uses in their shows. Mm-hmm. He gets like a comical amount of blood sprayed into his so, face. So I mean, gallons just directly into his eyes and mouth. <laughs> it's um, very funny. It's all over his teeth, like. It's bonkers. I can't imagine, like, shooting that scene. The first thing he does is walk over to the Coke table, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, like, does a, his own little mountain of Coke. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Picks up a piece of broken glass, a safe thing to snort cocaine with. Sure. Uh, brings it right up to his nostril. You've already <laughs> drank guar blood at this point, so it's like, you know, <laughs> what's, what's it going to hurt? Yeah. And the basement man comes back up <laughs> somehow. Oh, my God. From the bottomless pit. Yep. <laughs> he said, you ripped my favorite shirt. <laughs> he, what he says is like, your wife's in hell or something like that. Nick Cage replies by not speaking it, but by howling it. He howls and says, you ripped my shirt. You ripped my favorite shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Incredible. Yeah. He fucking flies over the couch over to this man and breaks his neck. Cool. Yep. <laughs> then he finds his axe and then he's just straight up snooping around the house and like he's chilled out now after he committed a couple murders 
He's I don't chill. Know. He's looking in the fridge. He's seeing Our boy what's is going zooming. on. But this is when he finds their acid, though, right? Hit their their after fucking. He, gray... he finds it uh, after he looks in the fridge, I <laughs> yeah. think. And I was gonna ask Khalid if that was what LSD was. <laughs> okay, no, it's an. Ins- so here's the thing about acid: is it takes forever to kick in. So you take like a tab of acid, and it takes like an hour, if not more, to kick in, mm-hmm. and then it lasts for about eight hours. But the fact that, like, he, like, pulls this cup to his mouth and it immediately he is just, like, seeing skulls, mm-hmm. uh, that's probably insanely concentrated acid. I guess just, it like, was also established that this is a fucked up batch, right? Yeah. yeah this is what made like, the guar guys just, crazy. Like, fucking wild. It, it looks like a jar of gray petroleum jelly. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's zooted, you know? <laughs> so now he's fucked up on fucked up acid and cocaine mm-hmm. and just high from the thrill of the kill. And you and know what? He might still be drunk. I was going to say the same Maybe thing. Maybe so. He's probably. Yeah. yeah. So he's got all the confidence in the world and he's got his cool axe. <laughs> he goes outside and crossbows a guy from behind and oh. pulls the arrow out of the front of his neck. They love pain. And then is still chill to like have a fight scene. <laughs> <laughs> Which is insane. Ugh. And that guy ends up getting lit on fire. He's also the one she that gets burns. he's the one that gets the sky the scythe thro- too, right? I, is yeah. it scythe or scythe? I always say it wrong. I think it's scythe. scythe. The murder axe. He gets yes, the murder he, axe. He does get his head lopped off after being Does he get okay, axe yeah. murdered? And then Nick Cage grabs a cigarette off the ground and lights it on the guy <laughs> who's on fire. <laughs> Which was oh, man. Mm, chef's kiss, mm, perfect mm, love. Also, uh, technically another substance that he's ingesting and like sure, yeah. putting into his brain. <laughs> this is when we get to the man with the tiger. Yes. Who is this man? Like, what is really, he, what's he doing? He's the cook. the chemist. He's the cook. He's the guy that makes your acid. Mm, okay. And he says, I don't remember exactly what he you says. You exude indi- a cosmic darkness, is what he says to Nick Cage. Uh, he does. It's not an inaccurate statement. <laughs> <laughs> the chemist indicates that the tiger knows when it's a good batch or a bad batch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. This guy also is probably just, like, zooted out on acid. <laughs> but he seems benevolent for the most part. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's just doing his There's job. There's no murder going like. on in this part. I think he lives, right? He does, yeah. He tells Nick Cage where to go next. And then Nick Cage takes off on a four-wheeler through the caves. He finds the cult van that, I don't know, they box for a sec, and he says it's, right when he starts to say it's better to burn out than fade away, he gets stabbed in the throat, which is fair. Incredibly. (laughs) Imagine having, like, a spear put in your mouth. And that's how you die. Like, <laughs> And there are like two extra shoves too, right? Yeah. Like he yes. not only puts it in there, but then he does a little more like, eh, and then another little, eh. It's really fucking gruesome. All the I kills are so it. good. The kills are so good yeah. in this movie. I love them. But he leaves the young girl alone. Yeah. Yep. She gets to live. She's innocent. Well, they yeah, kind of, they totally. also kind of like establish that like at Earlier. the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like she's just someone that's kind of fallen into it. She never participates in anything. And she's she's traumatized. Yeah. Clearly. At the beginning, I didn't mention it, but she, the cult leader makes her do like a Russian roulette thing, which was pretty intense. Mm. Fucking Fucked nuts. up. Yeah. Yeah. Fucked up crazy. This is what my notes say. Another guy waxing his car, axe flies into frame and hits him in the head. Oh, yeah. That, that oh, death does yep. rock. <laughs> that is, it's a, just a quick death, mm-hmm. but it is another axe death. It just so much guy. blood too. The blood in this yeah. movie, 
so much everywhere all the time. Standing. Incredible use of blood. Mm-hmm. And then we have the chainsaw. Yes. My notes, chainsaw, a big ass boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just love it because like Nick Cage walks up with just a regular ass chainsaw and it looks super badass. And then the guy just pulls it out and it just keeps coming and just keeps coming. And, and the chainsaw is like, what would you say, 10 feet long? Something like that. <laughs> do, do, do those chainsaws that's, exist in real life? That's... Yeah, yeah, bombs. they do. I mean, they're, they're for cutting yeah. down like massive trees, but just like that was this version's movie of That's Not a Knife. Yeah, bonkers chainsaws. Insane. I loved it. And then the guy just falls on it, doesn't he? Doesn't he like, doesn't Nick it turn Cage into a fist fight? throws a and then he chain around his neck and pulls, and pulls him down pulls on top, down yeah, on yeah, top yeah, yeah, of yeah. the yeah. chainsaw. Um, and it takes mm-hmm. way too long for him to die. It just keeps going. Lots of blood. <laughs> just him just laying on top of death. it. Because these men are like impervious to pain and to a certain mm. extent until they're dead. <laughs> They love pain, yeah. Well, this wasn't one of them, though, wasn't it? Wasn't, he, wasn't this one just one? Oh, no, oh, he's, he's not just one. Okay. But he might also be... Uh... I mean, they're all... He's a little nuts. Yeah. He's a little loony. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, while all this is happening, an endless supply of gorgeous shots. Mm-hmm. Everything is gorgeous. It never yes. stops being gorgeous. Yeah. We can't, I really can't overstate that enough. It is just yes. a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous movie. All the time. Regardless yeah. of what's happening, everything is gorgeous. Yeah. I like the fact that they're also... I got the vibe from the movie that they built the church that's there. Sure. They may have. I remember them talking about that there was a historical landmark that almost got actually burned down during the church fire. <laughs> um, oh. But I don't know if they were talking about... They couldn't have been talking about the church, but there's something near there. That's... Well, yeah, because it's just like this big... It's the church from Midsummer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My next note, uh, he goes in the church from Midsummer. <laughs> but it's, doesn't it have a big cross on it? Like, isn't it actually like a big, like, Christian church that they built? Um, which is weird, like, I think given when the you go inside, there's not church stuff. But, like, doesn't it have a big crucifix? It does have a big crucifix. Yeah. Except and it's just like this weird, like, very plain A barn, church essentially. Built in the middle of, like, a quarry or a canyon or mm-hmm. something. Like, yeah, it's just yeah, all yeah, very, yeah. very odd, but really... Really pretty. Mm-hmm. And he goes down a hole underground uh, and finds off-brand Debbie Harry. Mm. <laughs> yeah. She gets murdered off-screen, I believe, yeah. right? She does. She makes so, a plea for her life, but... Well, she tries to make a deal where she can fuck him instead of being murdered, mm. uh, but he d- he's not down for that. And then the next yeah. scene is him his heart just belongs throwing to his head into... Or throwing her head yeah. at the, the guy. I'm yeah. bad with names. At Jeremiah, yeah. Yes. I'm also bad with names. Look, we are no experts here. We just love the craft. <laughs> There's like three named characters in this movie. I never write down names. I've referred to Nick Cage as Nick Cage this entire time. Yeah, what's, you Nick's, what's Nick Cage's name in this movie? I said it at the top. Red. His name is Red Miller. Can we just, I'm just going to keep calling him Nick Cage. Nick Cage is fine. You can. We always do. It's fine. Because <laughs> then the viewers are with us. I think as long as the context is there and that it's understood by the audience who we're talking about, yeah. it doesn't matter if we use character names or actor names or whatever, in my You're opinion. Right. So then he gets to the final boss, the leader of the cult, and <laughs> enters the room by throwing Debbie Harry's head inside. <laughs> R.I.P. And then I love the fact that, like, with the exception of, like, the dialogue that they have, the actual murder is so simple compared to everything that's happened so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this character's um, evolution in this scene alone, like, he's going through every right. emotion, every kind of... First, he starts off, like, pleading for his life. He says, I'll blow you, man. I'll suck your fucking dick. He's like, we'll do anything just to live. And then changes to, like, 
I carry God in me. I'm Jesus, whatever. He doesn't say Jesus. And the cage just goes, I'm your God now. <laughs> in a super like drugged out voice. Yeah. And squishes that man's head to death with his bare yeah. hands. And the way he reacts is almost like he just came. <laughs> yep. Yep. My, my note uh, says Nick Cage calls himself God. Kills Jeremiah, then comes. Five stars. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is like basically what happens. Yeah. Um, And he lights the church on fire. And then we have the final scene with him driving in the car, driving away. Another scene that, again, the first time I saw it, thought it was hilarious. Yeah. But then, like, the gravity of it didn't really hit me until the second watch. Because just that smile that he gives. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it starts out like, oh, this is sweet. And then just... Yeah. People can't see what I'm doing right now, but like just that like He's huge, smiling. toothy, <laughs> yeah. like really excited smile. Yeah. But yeah, like, it's going to be on the on our like social media posts. And like yeah. the fact that he's driving and just looking straight across, picturing Nanny in the car, mm-hmm. not paying attention to the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, the first time I saw it, cracked up. And then the second time, like really fucking hit me. Like, the scene oh. is fucking insane. It is. Just like yes. all the different emotions and and stages that nick cage is going through mm-hmm. mandy is back in a spirit form or a vision or something <laughs> or in an acid hallucination yeah. the world yeah. is red there are like multiple planets yeah that are like the weird from mountains outside. And, like, again, like very again like reminiscent of like heavy metal mm-hmm. um, the visuals again <laughs> the visuals the lights the colors it's fucking insane shit. yeah yeah um and then we have I mean, this is roll creds. There's silent credits. And at the very end, it shows some of Mandy's drawings, mm-hmm. including one of Nick Cage with the tiger. Oh. Was that a premonition? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that's the creds. That's over. Over the movie over. <laughs> that it. That it movie over. The score is awesome. Like, yeah. It's, it's, very... it's incredible. It's yeah. epic. Hell yeah. The guitarist from Sun. What's that band? Sun with like the O. How do you? Is, Sun do you, O. Do you say it? Sun O. Do you yeah. know what I'm talking oh. about with the parentheses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I I know of the band. I don't really know anything about them though. I don't either. You, you say Suno. Suno, the guitarist. Suno mm-hmm. uh, performed on this soundtrack as well. Nice. The way oh. the, the way they shot this movie too. I didn't write it down because it's all technical shit. But they shot it to be like a little grainy and mm-hmm. and crazy looking too. For sure, yeah. it has. It very much embodies the aesthetic of VHS mm-hmm. and like like a bad '80s direct to horror movie, but done well. Yeah, but like done really, really well. Mm-hmm. She's reading, like, paperback sci-fi novels, Mm -hmm. and it's very much that. Like, if you went to a half-price books and just looked at the paperback sci-fis, it's... The novel that she read, there's some kind of Easter egg there. I didn't write it down, but the author who's listed Mm -hmm. is the person who was the composer, Johan Johansson. Um, And then the title also referenced something, but I didn't write it down. Sorry. (laughs) What a jerk. Very cool. So what do we rate this out of five? Davey. Five. He's holding up his hand in a five. This is a five guess. (laughs) We love it. I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. Like this is everyone can see us right now. Right? <laughs> you know what's funny is I was on a different podcast a few months ago and I did the exact opposite. They set up a Zoom call just because there was a bunch of us there, but I didn't realize that like the guy put it up on YouTube also. Mm. So like everyone's making faces and like being goofy, and I was just like, no one's gonna see this, guys. And like, yeah, they are. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure I just went to the bathroom a few minutes ago. <laughs> so clearly, I don't know how podcasts work. But yeah, five, five, solid five. Solid five from David. Kali, what do you think? Oh, you know, it gets it gets five out of me. Okay, cool. For yeah. me, what do I say? I think I also have to say five. Yes. Yeah. 
Second time. This was, yeah, only the second time that we've had a three-person consensus of five stars on a movie. Radical. Crazy. Good film. Outstanding. We we would all recommend, safe to say. Yes. Watch it a couple times. Buy a physical copy of it. This is for sure a movie that can live with several viewings. Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. and in different vibes, like watch by yourself, watch with the group, everything. Yeah. Great flick. Now it's time for Screen Vomit. What else have we been watching? Kali? Okay, I, I wrote it down this week because I watched wow. quite a bit. Okay. Uh, Lindsay and I watched The Lake House. If you've ever heard of it. Is it Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock? (laughs) Yes, it is. It's insane. Good or bad? (sighs) So bad it's good. Okay. Acceptable. It it really is. Mm -hmm. I love Keanu. Could be fun. For a fun romp? Yes. Put it on. It will blow your fucking mind. Uh, in a good and bad way. And then we watched uh, John Carpenter's classic. We watched They Live. Oh, nice. hell yeah. One of my faves of all time, I think. Lindsay had never seen it, and ah! I always love a refresher. Folks, it is not subtle. It is <laughs> oh. pertinent to today. Sure, yeah. I want to get a They Live tattoo. Okay, what else? Well, in the morning, I, you know, just kind of woke myself in the bed, had a nice, uh, leisurely morning watching, I don't, I don't know, Crawl. Oh, Ever heard of it? <laughs> Colin the best film crawl. from 2019. Gator movie. Didn't see it. Okay. You gotta see it. I didn't see it. Um, and then we watched this this new Netflix thing that's been talked about called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. You watched it? I asked you if we could do that for the pod and you said no. <laughs> well, I'm glad I said no because I fucking hated it. Okay. I hated its goddamn guts. Sick. I thought it was a piece of shit. You never know how your opinion would be changed by doing it on the pod, though. No, this is a movie that I think it contends Hummingbird Project for the worst movie I've ever seen. Whoa. Okay, now that is some deep criticism. I was angry. This is a pretentious-ass movie that is purposefully convoluted, and I personally, this is, of course, it's just an opinion, this is not objective, but it's it, the vibe I get from it is entirely like, well, if you don't get it, you're not too, you're not too smart. And it's like, no, this just doesn't make sense, and you have to make too many <laughs> log- like, b- bullshit logical jumps. Okay. It's a piece of shit. The acting is fine. The acting's great, actually. But fuck Charlie Kaufman, the director. Uh, I hope he stubs his toe. Has a terrible day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anything else? Uh, fuck. I am thinking of ending things. Fuck that movie. <laughs> no, I didn't watch anything else. <laughs> Just had to get another fuck in. David, what have you been watching? Shows? Anything? It's been a long month, so I've been diving very hard and just like rewatching the office and shit that i've seen a million times because okay. i can shut my brain off yeah but last night prospect, we watched a movie together oh, fuck it was yeah. so good prospect i have okay been, i've been wanting to see this movie i'm putting it on the list Kali, for a future it's real good. hell yeah it's very good. i've been wanting to see this movie for a couple i years think you'd love it it had I high life vibes heard about it. Ooh. Um, like i was telling kayla i saw it on like a sponsored ad on instagram or some shit like that like a way that you don't typically like hear about movies like yeah yeah um but then like i looked it up and it looked pretty cool but i couldn't fucking find it anywhere i couldn't even pirate it anywhere and then i would forget about it and then i would see another fucking sponsor ad on instagram for some reason it's been going off like a year and a half and then it finally hit netflix this week and apparently uh, it's also on hulu is hulu it? and netflix yeah weird but uh yeah really good sci-fi flick yeah, um, hell yeah. Kind of what we were talking about earlier, like it does like a really good job of like building this world and giving you just enough details to understand the story, but like not like 
they're not verbally explaining anything what the detail the yeah. rules of the universe yeah that yeah, much. yeah. But you can figure them out through context and it yeah was just, it was great great film that's that's the only like on the list for the pod really new thing that i've watched relatively recently Go i did ahead. start rewatching dexter yes because they announced that their oh fingers gonna cross gonna, i don't know about gonna, this reboot my my hope is that they can come back from that just abys- season finale of what is there eight seasons the very end of dexter notoriously one of the worst finales of a show it in fucking history. ruined my day yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> notorious for how bad it ended yeah can they undo that should they undo that i don't know I love the series, but... I'm, Live with your shame. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm holding that hope for redemption. Yeah. All right. My turn. I've been watching... I'm still watching um, Insecure. I'm on okay. season four now, which I believe is the last season. Yeah. Still I a great so. show. There is like a couple things that don't hold up about the show or that are a little cringe. Like, Yeah, um, I can imagine. There's like one part, I think in either the first or second season where a girl has started dating a guy and she's like, oh yeah, when I was in college, I had an experience with another woman. And he goes, oh yeah, I had like a guy suck my dick in college. And then there's like a whole, the whole rest of the episode and maybe a couple episodes is all her friends being like, he's gay, girl, dump him. He's gay. And they're like in their 30s. Like, oh, he got his dick sucked one time. He's gay. Like, dump him. And she can't stop thinking about how he got his dick sucked by a guy one time. And then she does dump him. Like, that sucks, in my opinion. And there are a couple things like that throughout the show. But I think season four, as far as what I've watched so far, seems to be a little more... They've introduced some queer characters. They're, like, making a few more statements that are good. Mm -hmm. I watched Idle Hands again. I rewatched Idle Hands. Incredible film from 1999. (laughs) We've got Seth Green. You've got Devin Sawa. You've got Jessica Alba. Iconic film. Very funny to this day. There are, I would say, four jokes that don't hold up. Jokes slash slurs (laughs) that, uh, that are not chill anymore. But besides that... I still find it very funny, and I did buy the DVD because I love it. It is, generally speaking, like it, for for the most part, holds up pretty well. Yeah. Like, I, I, I enjoy that movie a lot. I, it's been a while since I've seen it, so it was I, don't, a while I don't remember the exact moments too. that you're talking about, but I can definitely like There's like an F slur, there's an R slur. Yeah. There's a, yeah, a couple, just a couple things that don't hold up exactly. Or like um, Seth Green mocks his friend, the guy from Daredevil, Mm. for like, (laughs) just like calling him gay and stuff like that. Like, oh, you do this, you're gay or something (laughs) like, like those things don't exactly hold up. But besides that, I think the idea is really cool and the movie's really cool and do recommend. Hell yeah. Um, David, you have set the plug. Plug your band and tell people where they can find your band and yeah. stuff. Yeah, so Shipwreck Carpathos, Bandcamp, all of the different social medias and stuff like that. We've been pretty quiet for a while, but we're working on some new stuff. Um, but we're, we've got some plans for like some live stream stuff and maybe some actual live performances coming up. Um, yeah, there's there's stuff to listen to while you wait for other stuff. Where can people find the New Noise stuff too? NewNoiseEntertainment.com bandcamp.com and also all of the other social media stuff but we we don't really use a whole lot of social media stuff but there are some plans for some some more tape releases coming out probably within like the next like three to four months we're coming up on january so the annual comp will be coming Mm -hmm. Um, david does a comp every year of um music that he thinks rocks (laughs) and it keeps getting is that the rules (laughs) it's 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 called it's called very good music compilation there you go and this year is going to be volume five guess what i'm on like three of them you are (laughs) <laughs> I think there are more than that. I have no idea. I could be. I don't know. <laughs> but they keep getting bigger. Like the first year, I think there was only like 11 
songs on it this year. There mm-hmm. were over 30. And you can download those for free, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's all free. So I'm Bandcamp. Hell yeah. I got a plug. Listen to How to Fire Your Boss. We're up on all platforms. And you can find this current podcast, Screen Vomit, on all the things, Instagram, everywhere else. Uh, one word, Screen Vomit. Subscribe on your podcast app. Give us a rating and review. We're also on YouTube now, so you can subscribe on YouTube if that's your jam. Same shit, just in video. And you can also send us an email at screenvomitpod at gmail.com or tweet us with your thoughts on this movie or other movies, suggest a movie, whatever. Next week, we'll be watching the movie Maps to the Stars, a David Cronenberg film, um, which is on Netflix. So watch it now, and then you can hit the next step. Thanks, David, for joining us. Thanks for having me. David. Hell yeah. Um, and Super fun. Sick. And we'll see everybody next week. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.